0: Great to see everyone. Glad we're uh, here together. It's important to be together. We uh, we focus in on that togetherness today and the sort of togetherness and relationships that we have with others that are that are beyond uh, this uh, congregation that is gathered, uh, either here or uh, via online. We've come to, to know as we've studied over the past uh, handful of weeks that the book of Proverbs speaks to real life. I hope that you've kept up with your reading of the book of Proverbs and that you, uh, you see that uh, clearly the book of Proverbs does speak to, to what's going on uh, day by day in our lives. As we all know, there is nothing more real than the relationships that we have. There's nothing more gratifying than the relationships we have, and sometimes nothing more challenging. Over the next two weeks, we'll be uh, talking about healthy relationships here in the context of this uh, sermon series uh, called Health Assessment. We'll be talking about uh, friends today and family uh, next week. Again, healthy relationships, friends and family alike. Not surprisingly, the book of Proverbs has something to say about those relationships, as does the rest of Scripture. Let's hear then these three Proverbs. First from Proverbs 17-17. A friend loves at all times, and kinsfolk are born to share adversity. From Proverbs 1824. Some friends play at friendship, but a true friend sticks closer than one's nearer kin. And then finally from Proverbs 27:17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. This is God's Word for God's people. David Jones and I were uh, fast friends uh, growing up. We did everything together, sports, spending the night, stuff at school. We really had a great time. David was a a great athlete, and basically I was just along for the ride. I used to, to catch for him when he practiced his pitching. He was always low and outside, and my knees were constantly bruised because of it. Man, he could, he could really fire in a fastball, such is the cost of friendship. It was good to have a friend like David. While we had a great time together, there were those times when things didn't always go swimmingly. Every now and then, we'd have the occasional dust-up. I guess that's just a part of friendship. I remember one instance when we got into it. I really don't don't remember what it was about, but I do remember the outcome. As I said, David was a great pitcher, and when he wasn't throwing uh, baseballs, he was throwing ice cubes, particularly when he was upset. I remember standing in the middle of the street, David on his front porch. He had ice in hand, and I dared him to to throw it, knowing that he would never, ever hit me. Let's put it this way. He was not low and outside. That ice cube cracked me right on the forehead. I mean, it was right here. I still remember that. And I went home uh, holding back the tears. Such is the way of friendship every now and then, even with those friendships that are close. As I said last week, we were created to, to not go it alone. We were built to be in relationship, and friendships are a big part of that equation. When it comes to our, our use of the word friendship, we sometimes just toss it about. We, we use it lightly. Other times, we refer to those relationships that are deep and add wonderful value to our lives. I've heard it said that you should consider yourself blessed if you have one or two really close friends. Author Susan Hinton uh, some years ago coined the phrase when she wrote, if you have two friends in your lifetime, you're lucky. If you have one good friend, you're more than lucky. I would say you're more than blessed. I've been blessed down through the years with, with any number of uh, friends, classmates in school, college buddies, and a whole host of people from various churches that I've served, some with whom I've worked um, as, as a part of church staff and, and, and others where I've served uh, shoulder to shoulder as a part of, uh, part of ministry. Uh, many of those persons uh, right here for many, many years, many of those friendships have endured the test of time and distance. Even when we haven't seen one another for a while, we've been able to to pick up right where we left off. I figure that you have some friendships like that. You're just able to pick up right where you left off. That's a case with the group of high school buddies I I meet with every summer. That's also the case for a group of guys I I meet with on occasion from my youth group at the church I grew up in. Many of the friendships I have were birthed in the church. There is just something about a friendship that is built upon a common faith. I have a number of close friends uh, in the annual conference annual conference serves as a sort of uh, second family for those who move from, from church to church. Some of those friendships are, are so close that I will drop whatever I'm doing uh, whenever uh, they call. It's just that way. You may remember that uh, song of a few years ago, uh, sung by Michael W. Smith, where it sends, where it says, And friends are friends forever if the Lord is the Lord of them. I found that to certainly be the case. I have heard it said that friends are like good health. We've been talking a lot about health. You don't realize what a gift they are until you lose them. Yeah, I've lost some friends down down through the years, some, some by death. Some of those relationships have been strained by distance, and others where one or the other of us seem to go in different directions. I've even had a couple of friendships where the other seemed to close the door. That's hurtful, despite every effort to try to keep the door open. Sometimes friendships take so much energy, so much energy to maintain that, that sometimes the best thing to do is just back away. And it might be that you've certainly had that experience. The Proverbs we read just a moment ago speak clearly to the importance of building consistency in the relationships that we have. From Proverbs seventeen seventeen, 17, we, we read that a friend always loves Kinsfolk are born to share adversity. A sort of uh, friend is always willing to walk alongside, particularly during times of adversity. Proverbs 18, 24 uh, reads, Some friends play at friendship. Really not taking it seriously, just playing at friendship. But a true friend sticks closer than one's can. We are always blessed, deeply blessed, when friendships do more than just scratch the surface. Proverbs 27:17 puts it this way, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. A true friend holds one accountable, is interested in that person's growth, and wants the very best for his or her friend. It's just the way friendship, true friendship, is. These things, then, characteristics of friendship, a friend is always willing to go the, the second mile. You know that Proverb 17:17, uh, where it says that, that a, a, a friend is one that is, uh, is there for, for all time. A friend always, always, always loves it's not always easy, but you're always there. Back in college, I, uh, I used to give rides to, to classmates. Uh, we would travel from, from Owensboro to, to Louisville and, and, and back on the weekends. That was uh, during the day when uh, you would go from Owensboro to Louisville via Highway 60. It was a slow boat to China, I'm sure. In fact, I think you could get to China quicker than you could get from Owensboro to, uh, to Louisville via Highway 60. As you probably know, uh, Radcliffe, Kentucky is about 10 miles south of US 60. I had a friend from Radcliffe who would often ride with me. He always wanted me to, to drop him off in Radcliffe instead of having someone meet us up on Highway 60. On those occasions, I would very quickly reply, I will go with you the second mile, but I will not go with you 10. And if you consider it, you go 10 in and 10 out, that's 20. I'm not going to go 20. How's that for misrepresenting Scripture? We, we do well in our friendships to go the second mile and even beyond. A friend of mine is one who… A friend is one who stands alongside Again, from that Proverbs 17, uh, 17, uh, talking about adversity, that a friend is always there in the mix of adversity. Despite all the twists and turns that happen in life, and they happen all the time, a friend seems to always be there. A friend stands strong regardless of what happens. If you or any sort of uh, student of uh, baseball history, you know that uh, Jackie Robinson was the first uh, black to play Major League Baseball. Breaking uh, baseball's color, color barrier was, was tough, to say the least. Robinson uh, faced the, the jeers and derision at every stadium that he played in. One afternoon, while playing in his home stadium of Brooklyn, Robinson committed an error, and the fans uh, ridiculed him uh, mercilessly. He stood at at second base, humiliated, while the fans continued their jeering. In the mix of that, Pee Wee Reese, Pee Wee Reese, uh, who hails from from Louisville, famously came over from his shortstop position and stood next to, to Jackie Robinson. Reese put his arm around it and faced the crowd and the fans grew quiet. Robinson later said that that arm around his shoulder saved his career. A friend is always one who stands alongside. A friend is always ready to forgive. Forgiveness offers the sort of resiliency that that true friendship demands. Friendship doesn't mean that everything is going to go swimmingly all the time. It also doesn't mean that it's going to entail ice cubes over the forehead either. Mature, healthy relationships work through things to the place where where the friendship is stronger on the other side. Even on the other side of a disagreement where in between forgiveness has taken place. Forgiving and forgetting is a hallmark of such relationships. So the Scripture is is full of all sorts of stories about relationships. Some of those uh, relationships have have gone south, and others inspire us to this day. One such uh, relationship, one such friendship, if you will, is one between uh, Jonathan and David. In 1 Samuel 18.1, we, we find that uh, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. Remember that second great commandment, love your neighbor as you love yourself? Well, Jonathan's love for David played out on the hard anvil of life, just as any friendship does. Jonathan was heir to the throne. Yet David was clearly God's chosen in that regard. When Jonathan's dad, King Saul, sought to kill David in a fit of jealousy, Jonathan did everything in his power to protect his friend, regardless of what it cost him. And it would cost him. Even though Jonathan had a lot to lose, the one thing that he would not lose was his friendship with David. Jonathan went to great lengths to warn David about his father's intentions. In fact, we we find written in 1 Samuel 20, uh, verse 4, Whatever you want me to do, I will do for you. You know, we read just earlier from Proverbs 18, 24, where it said, some just play at friendship. But one that that perseveres is closer than um, the nearest kin. Jonathan was willing to uh, hold fast to his friendship, even at the expense of his relationship with his dad. By protecting David, Jonathan knew that for all intents and purposes, he was advocating his right to the throne. Yeah, that friendship cost him something. His friendship with David meant that much. Again, Jonathan loved David as he loved himself. That sort of concern should inspire us in every way and, and challenges us when it comes to the friendships we have. Jonathan put the needs of his friend above his own. He was willing to go the, the second mile, and quite honestly, he would have gone the 20, I'm, I'm confident. He was willing to walk alongside. Another great example of friendship is, of, is found in the, in the book of Acts. Barnabas was a a great friend to to many, and he was highly regarded by by all. His name, nickname if you will, was Son of Encouragement. And the Scripture leaves us with very little doubt that Barnabas was true to that name. He was a son of encouragement. When when Paul and Barnabas struck out to to preach the, the gospel to the Gentile world, John Mark went with them. For whatever reason, John Mark decided that he would leave um, Paul and and, and Barnabas uh, once they reached Pamphylia, and that's exactly what he did. Later, when when Paul wanted to strike out again, John Mark wanted to come along, and Paul would, would hear nothing of it. Barnabas was on the other side of that argument. He stood with his friend, John Mark which led to a dispute between him and Paul. Paul uh, took Silas with him on uh, his missionary journey while uh, Barnabas and John Mark went to Cyprus. The gospel was spread even though those two teams, if you will, went different directions. Wherever they went, the gospel prospered. The point is this. Barnabas stood his ground as a friend. Again, uh, from, from uh, Proverbs 1824, "A friend uh, sticks with, stays with." That's exactly what uh, Barnabas did with his friend uh, John Mark. He was closer than even nearest Ken. Barnabas was willing to, to give John Mark a, a second chance. One misstep didn't necessarily mean the demise of that friendship. We should remember that. Friends are marked by second chances. Friends bear with one another, even when uh, one one side or the other seems to, to waffle. Friends stick with one another through thick and thin. And of course, friends forgive, and then they move on. And I think Barnabas, uh, particularly in his relationship with John Mark, is a shining example of doing just that. So not to be lost in this discussion about friendship is the fact that we have a friend in Jesus. It was Jesus who said, no one one has greater love than this, than they laid down their life for one's friends. The words of the, of the song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, rings true. We're going to sing that later this hour. Jesus is the very one who went to the cross on our behalf. Jesus is our friend. He bears our sins and griefs, supports those of us and who isn't a part of this number, cumbered with a load of care, and Jesus gives us peace in the mix of the needless pain we bear. Jesus says in John 15:14 and 15, You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I have heard from the Father. There is no greater gift A friend can give, and Jesus has given, and He continues to give over and over and over again. So, as we uh, follow suit with uh, what we've done at least the past couple of weeks, let me encourage you to do uh, a couple of things as as a prescription for the friendships you have. Those friendships you need to nurture. So, first, uh, reach out to your friend and let them know what they mean to you. There are all sorts of ways to do that. Be creative in, in, in doing that. Consider starting a new friendship. There's always a broadening horizon when it comes to the potential for new friendships. Reach out and start a new friendship. And, of course... Don't leave this out of the mix. Be sure to reach out to your friend Jesus to help you with uh, those friendships that you have in your life. This meal we are about to share awakens us to the abiding relationship we not only have with Christ, but with one another. It is both a vertical and horizontal reality that we uh, have at play here. As we come to this table, we remember all that God has done through His Son, Jesus Christ. We remember our relationship with God through Christ. We also uh, realize that we do not eat alone, but with our friends. And by so doing, we share in true communion. May God bless us all. Ashley.